Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. All right, back in the program here on a Friday. All across the 315. Hoops tomorrow. We'll get into that. And uh, I guess... uh, you know, shame on me. I didn't really think we'd be talking a lot of football this week. The transfer portal has been reasonably quiet when it came to the Orange. It probably should have occurred to me we'd need to have this defensive coordinator uh, talk. It just was not on my brain uh, for whatever reason uh, yesterday when uh, the Tony White news broke while we were in the middle of a Q's Georgetown uh, conversation. And now we've pivoted and uh, then double pivoted with the uh, Robert and I news uh, last night, as we bring on uh, Nate Mink from uh, Syracuse.com, now the sports managing uh, producer. I believe I've got your new title right, uh, Nate. But uh, welcome in. And, you know, I, I texted you last night because you, you were the football beat writer at the time when all, all this Rocky Long and everything stuff happened uh, three years ago. So I, I guess we got to go back in time. Like, how much do you think all of that stuff is going to affect uh, really like the next uh, few weeks of Dino making a, a very long research decision into changing his defense then well well first of all brian thanks for having me always always a pleasure to come on congrats congrats on the show too thank you uh you got my title right it's a mouthful but i think you, you got it correct um i think uh yeah you, you look back at, at that decision to, to bring in uh, zach arnett initially and then tony white yeah and really what it stems from is uh the the desire for for dino to shift uh, from sort of a Tampa two style to a three three five, more of a uh, attacking style defense, and um, you know I think the story's been well documented. He he met with Rocky, uh, he fell in love with the defense that that Rocky that Rocky really perfected over the course of, of his um, of his coaching career, and and knew that was the direction he was going to go go in uh, come hell or high water, <laughs> right? Um, because the the initial pick Arnett. Uh, was here for a hot second before he he took the job at Mississippi State, uh, and Dino was able to uh, to procure Tony from from Arizona State. And so I think the, the question is 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 uh, does the success that Tony built here over the last three seasons uh, has that has that uh, is that too good to sort of let go of in terms of uh, the next defensive coordinator and the style of defense that you want to play? Or, you know, uh, is there sense in being different uh, in a sport that constantly (laughs) uh, is watching what you do and adjusts to what you do and prepares and plans for what you're doing? And and I think... uh, you know, in terms of other candidates that that run the three three five defense, you know, certainly you can go back to the Rocky Long. Well, I mean, he's the defensive coordinator right now at New Mexico under Danny Gonzalez, another disciple of the Rocky Long coaching tree. So, you know, you look at at their situation, Danny and and Rocky being at you know a group of five school out out in the Mountain West, and and you you think, hey, you know, uh, can. Can you can you pluck from can you pluck one or both of those guys over here, um, you know? And then I think you know you certainly can look at at an internal hire, uh, Nick Monroe. From what I understand, uh, his defensive philosophy is in that same family of, of styles. You know, he likes to he likes to be. Uh, on the attack and playing offense on defense, so to speak, he's not going to sit back in in uh, a bunch of coverage and and let the offenses dictate what what's going on. I think he he brings an aggressive mentality to, to that defense as as well. Um, 
or do you do you do uh, another pivot um, to maybe like a four two five four two five alignment, um, uh-huh. which again is is in that family of attacking style defense that wouldn't be reverting back to what you saw with Brian Ward. It would actually be, frankly, quite similar to a three three five, just uh, a different name to what you're doing. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting, Nate, because, you know, I went through it last night, and you said out at Nevada, that's where Rocky is. Hey, I guess he failed at retiring. He said he was retiring, and it never actually retired because he went and uh, became the D.C. there right away. Like, my understanding is Dino, like, legit kicked the tires on hiring him as the D.C. back back three years ago before, you yep. know, tumbling down his tree a little ways. I, I don't know if you'd want to hire a, a, a literally hire a 72-year-old Rocky Long or if uh, he wants to come east at this point. Uh, that w- that would be a, certainly a different path, uh, and you wonder what what Dina would think, like, because there's just not that many people connected to it, right? If you're if you are committed to sticking with that, it, your candidate pool is it's pretty shockingly small. It would feel like to go after. Well, again, I mean, uh, you know, the three three five, the way the way Tony and Rocky run it, it's a little bit different than. Um, you know what the what the folks at Iowa State are running. Right. Uh, what Tony Gibson is running at NC State. You know t- Tony ran it. Tony ran you know a variant of the three three five stack. You know back when he was at West Virginia mm-hmm. coaching. Um, you know when when Syracuse actually faced West Virginia yeah, in, the, with, uh... in, the, in the Camping World Bowl. So you know you can you can look around different offshoot coaching trees like that. Again, if you want to stick to that three three five stack, or like I referenced earlier. You know the four the four two five that you know Brian Newberry is running at Navy is not a, a a heck of a lot different than the three three five. It's just you know you're you're playing with a, essentially a four man front instead mm-hmm. of a three man front. But you know you you look at that. You know that is again described <laughs> by the by the folks who run that defense. That is described as organized chaos, which is the exact sort of phrasing that we heard uh, with Tony White's three three five defense. So, you know, if you're again, if you're, if you're, I think it's about style and philosophy, maybe more so than the title of the defense, and it, and and that I think opens up a little bit more possibilities. I mean, again, it, it could be what. You know, Nick Monroe would run if he ultimately became the defensive coordinator. Um, but I even just look at, you know, uh, a guy like Phil Bennett, who right now is the interim coach at North Texas. You know, Phil Bennett used to be the defensive coordinator at places like Baylor, at mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Uh, he has head coaching experience. You know, he brings a very aggressive mindset to, to, to calling a defense. You know, Brian Norwood, who was at uh, Baylor with Dino and, it, and is it, probably one of his best friends, if not his best friend, in the entire coaching industry, uh, you know, he has experience uh, around an attacking four-two-five defense. He was at Navy with Brian Newberry and uh, Ken Niamatotolo um, as recently as I think uh, a year or two ago. So, you know, again, I think, I think there are, there is, there are no shortage of candidates that Dino could, could kick tires on uh, or, or float this idea to. I think he's just got to decide, um, you know, is, is, is it time to let Nick Monroe, run the show. Uh, and then you've got to decide, you know, what I think more than anything, what kind of defense does he want to run? Does he want to stick with, with the, with the philosophy that he's been using the last three years with Tony, or is it, is it time to maybe uh, slightly pivot to another way of doing things? Yeah. It's going to be fascinating to watch. Cause obviously what they did the past three years, it worked great. I mean, that's why Tony white gets the opportunity that he got at uh, Nebraska. Uh, but, this week. but you know, but you know, but, you know, they were, they were good in 18 too. I mean, yeah, let's not true. get ourselves. That's I mean, they were, they were they were not a bad defense in eighteen when they were running the Tampa two, and 
And, uh, you know, I, I think back to that team, you know, when you have Andre Sisco, when you have Alton Robinson, when you have Kendall Coleman, when you have Chris Slayton, uh, when you have NFL type of players, they're going to make any defense look good. Yeah, I mean, hey, it comes down to that more than anything else. We don't college football. If you don't have the dudes, it, it, it doesn't really matter uh, who you got coaching them. And you know, we, then we saw Nate Mink as our guest. Uh, you know, the other half of the news, the other shoe dropping uh, later on uh, last night with Robert and I moving on. And uh, from everything, it sounds like Jason Beck has been named the full time uh, replacement for him at offensive coordinator. I don't know if that compli- Do you think that complicates your defensive choice, Nate? Like, would you want to go with? two rookie coordinators if you're Dino uh, going into what could be you know a make it or break a year that that's a good question uh you know I, I tend to I tend to kind of just lean towards you know you, you want to hire the, the best coach that you can get right mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you're necessarily hung up too much on you know experienced coordinators first-time play callers uh et cetera et cetera I mean you're you're running you're running that risk to, to a certain extent with, with, with Beck, but Beck has kind of been working at the hip of an eye for the better part of the last decade uh, at Virginia and BYU. So, um, you know, I think Robert's knowledge has certainly rubbed off on, on Jason. I'm sure Jason, you know, would like to put his flavor, her spit, his spin on things as well. Uh, you know, I think, you know, again, if you, if you promote internally with, with Nick, you know, you have some semblance of continuity there. Mm-hmm. You have a guy who has coordinator experience, uh, has called the defense. Um, obviously knows the philosophy, knows the leadership, knows the organization uh, that Dino has instilled there over the last seven, eight years. Um, you know, and, you know, you, you worry, I think, too, about, you know, in some respects, an outside voice, how receptive that will be, how quickly you can, melt, uh, you know, come in, install a, in, install a new way of doing things, new terminology, new language, that kind of thing. And what, like you said, it could end up being, a, if, if not already is, a, a, pivotal, a pivotal year for, for the program and for the, the coaching staff. You know, I, I think a lot of it is ultimately, too, going to come down to, you know, fit and timing, right? I mean, I think that's how SU and Dino in a, in a lot of ways stumbled into some of his more recent hires, you know, like Tony, <laughs> like Tony, as we right. started at the, at the onset, you know, they, they, Tony was, Tony was the second choice and Tony, they stumbled into Tony because Zach left, you know, Robert and Jason, I don't know if you get them if Bronco doesn't resign suddenly. Oh, right. <laughs> so there, there is a, there is um you know, some, sometimes you just need um, a little bit of luck or a little bit of fortune to break your way, and you have to kind of glance at the market and, and see who's available um, in certain cases before you can just uh, go out and hire anyone of the, that you might want to target. Uh, yeah, and then to toss just an exciting new variable into the mix, just to make the whole thing even more interesting, uh, Bruce Feldman's article on The Athletic the other day, you know, he does this literally for every uh, coaching opening every year in college football, but the Purdue opening comes up when Brom goes to Louisville, and uh, uh, lo and behold, whose picture's at the top of the article than one Dino Babers? Uh, I, I think, Nate, we know how that stuff happens. There's a lot of uh, agent machinations with, with things like that, but, you know, two years left on a contract, coordinators leaving, that's in the pile. Like that, that That's a pretty good little mix to all have going at once. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it just speaks to the reality of the situation right now in Syracuse, which, which listen, I, I understand there, there is uh there is really no public record of the contract situation right now, but I think the simple math and logic dictates that and says that, that, that 
this is an expiring contract in the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, you have to, you have to make a choice. Um, you have to make a choice if you're, if you're Syracuse on whether, uh, you know, you want to bring a little bit more long-term stability to the program, or if you kind of want to feel it out for another year and see if you can kind of string together, you know, back-to-back successful seasons before you're willing to make that sort of commitment again. And, um, you know, if, 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 if Dino's name uh, showing up on some of these lists is, is merely a byproduct of an agent doing his job, then that's, that's the agent doing his job. I mean, there's nothing that you can really do uh, to control that or, di- or dictate that. Um, you know, it's, it, it, I, think, I think my big takeaway from all of this is it really just underscores the choice to be the choice to be committed to building a championship program in all facets. You know, you, it's one thing to say, you know, we have to improve and accentuate, you know, our positives or improve on our weaknesses. But I think you have to really look at how committed you are to being a championship program in a competitive, competitive industry. And you might, you might be willing to say, well, okay, you know, we paid, we paid Tony White more money than we've ever given any other assistant coach in the history of Syracuse football. And that may be true, and we know we got to pay bump last year uh, for, for the job he's done. But if, if, if the market dictates that his, his value is 900, I'm just throwing a number out there, 900, 950, seven figures, a million bucks, you know, are, are you really committed <laughs> to building a championship program if you're unwilling to, to go that high. And I think, you know, that's not, that's not, I think that's just, that's an institutional choice more so than, uh, you know, uh, the desires of, of, of one school official or, or an athletic director or anything like that. But I mean, it, it takes a total holistic commitment in, in every facet of the sport to, you know, to win, you know, to, to field a championship program. And if you're, and if you're deficient in any area, you know, it might, it might cost you, it might cost you, it might, it might hurt you in terms of uh, retaining your, your coaching talent, um, retaining players, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, I, I think in, in the case of, of maybe Tony specifically here, like, you know, Nebraska, Nebraska is, a better job than Syracuse, you know, in terms of just uh, football pedigree, uh, fan support, uh, stadium size, uh, certainly conference affiliation, certainly, um, you know, in terms of uh, TV money, that, that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing to want to hit your wagon, I think, to a program like that and, and see what that can do for your career. Um, and again, uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a very, very competitive business and you have to be willing, you have to be willing to, to, to compete in, in every facet. Hey, you're right. Hey, and it, again, that comes down to money. All like money's got to pay for all of it. That it's facilities. It's paying your coaches. It's it's paying staff positions that you know you don't even know exists with analysts and nutritionists and all all this other things. It's it is wild how many people are involved in. Uh, in a football production. Uh, last thing for you, Nate. Let's just hit a little bit on Nick Monroe real quick. And you mentioned it. And I think part of it, you know, whether you hire him or not, like one of the main things about Nick, he's been here the whole time. 
And I've yet to meet someone that doesn't like Nick Monroe. Like, if you don't like Nick Monroe, I, I don't know what the heck's wrong with you. Like, that that would be, I'd imagine, internally, if you're talking about the the team, a, a popular hire, if that would be what comes to play. No doubt. No doubt. He's, he's you know, his room has probably looked and run the way you want every positional room to be run in terms of the pipeline of NFL talent, in terms of the young guys stepping in and contribute early in, early in the career. I mean, it, it, yes, you know, it, like he's had guy he's got, he's had guys that he's had to replace because they've elected to leave after three years and go to the NFL. And then he's replaced them with freshman all American. Like, like that is a lofty standard to live up to, but that is ultimately what you are striving to do. And and his room, I think, uh, unequivocally has done that uh, better than any other room in the in the program. Um, you're right, Nick's Nick's a loyalist, right? Nick's been with Dino going way way back mm-hmm. to Bowling Green. Uh, I think he could have left. He has stayed. Uh, I think uh, you know again, not not speaking for Nick here, but um, he's been very he's been very patient. He's been very patient, and uh, I think, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes loyalty, you know, sometimes you want to reward, reward that loyalty. But, again, I think Dino, Dino will make, you know, the decision that's in the best interest of the organization. Uh, but, but no doubt, uh, you know, Nick's, Nick's been his guy through, through, a lot, through, through a lot of ups and downs and highs and lows. Um, and, and more than anything, I think – he has he has come to embody what Dino you know values most, which is which is consistency. I mean, he has been uh, far and away uh, one of the most consistent coaches on that coaching staff. Um, and if it's and if it's his time, uh, it's his time. Um, but there's no doubt, no doubt that uh, you know you see it with guys like Cisco and Melifano and Trill Williams. I mean, these are these are lifelong bonds. That, that he cherishes and he makes with his players, and uh, no doubt about it, if he's if he's the guy, I think uh, it will be well received in that building. Well, Nate, I know this is going to be fascinating as always to watch this thing play out, whether it be over the next week or uh, who knows how long uh, this is going to uh, spread out for as we head toward the bowl game and beyond. All right, my friend, good to catch up here, and I'm uh, sure we'll do this again real soon. Whenever uh, whatever happens here comes to pass. All right, thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. All right, that is Nate Mig from uh, Syracuse.com uh, trying to figure out what's going on with the uh, football team, and it is coaching staff. With that, we'll take a break with the man who sort of knows when we come back and the Sucko Six Pack. Top of the hour, 3 o'clock. That's all as we roll along on this Friday. Picks, 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 picks. Coming next. We missed a goal. It didn't play the goal center. Argentina has scored. Maybe when we come back, we can do that. Back after this, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.